Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen wa salatu wa salamu ala shirafil anbiya wal mursaleen wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in wa ba'd Qala ta'ala a'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Inna anzallahu fi laylatil qadr wa ma adraka ma laylatul qadr laylatul qadr khayrun min alf shahr tanazzalul malaikatu wal ruhu fiha bi'izni rabbihim min kulli amr salamun hiya hatta matlul fajr Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Qadr, He mentioned the night of Qadr. And Allah said that verily we have revealed this and uh, sent this kalam on this night called Laylat Al-Qadr. Uh, Qadr is translated in many ways. Qadr is the Qudrat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the Qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Qadr also means appreciation. Kisi cheez ki Qadr karna, kabile Qadr cheez hai, bagara bagara. So all of these are uh, meanings of the word Qadr and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this night and what did Allah say about this night Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said do you know about this night Allah said this night is better than 1000 months meaning that the worship of this night is better than the worship of 1000 months of continuous worship which is obviously even physically impossible to do so Allah is giving us a reward which is not just huge, but which otherwise we would never have been able to earn anyway, even if we wanted to, right? Um, and then what happens on this night? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, on this night, Ar-Ruh, which is uh, the, one of the names of Jibreel salam, and the Malaika descend on the earth. Malaika come and go on the earth as the hukum of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all through the all through the years, Malaika come at the time of Salatul Fajr. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala mentioned that the recitation of Fajr is witnessed by Malaika. So this is a different issue. But here on this night, it is for the honor of the night that Jibril Salam and the Malaika descend. And Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala said there is Salam, there is peace, there is harmony, there is tranquility, there is safety uh, on this particular night. And this night lasts until he Matla al Fajr until the time of Fajr comes. So. Our aqidah with regard to Laylatul Qadr is, does it exist? Is there such a night? Yes. How do we know that? Because Allah told us. Now, when is this night? For this, the authentic hadith of Rasulullah where he said he came out of his house into the masjid and there were two sahaba who were arguing loudly. In the hadith, the names of the sahaba are also mentioned, uh, or in the, not the hadith, but the asbab of the hadith, the names of the sahaba are also mentioned, but I do not mention the names when I am repeating these hadith out of other for the sahaba ikram, which is our due. It doesn't matter who it was, the fact that two people were arguing, and because of that argument, Rasulullah came out, and he disliked this argument, and he said, because of this argument, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had told me, had informed me of the exact night of Laylatul Qadr, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused me to lose that information, to forget that information. He said, but search for Laylatul Qadr in the odd nights of the last 10 nights of Ramadan. So odd nights of the last 10 nights of Ramadan. Now, obviously there is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created curiosity in our nature. So it is the nature of the human being to say, yes, Rasulullah said this, but which one is it? Now, Islam is the meaning of submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
in everything. And what is the meaning of that? It means that you stay within the boundaries of the deen. And the boundaries of the deen do not uh, proscribe or do not suspend or do not prohibit uh, curiosity. They do not say don't ask questions. But they face one reality which is that there are some questions which cannot be answered. There are no answers to those questions. Because the only one who can answer those questions is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu. And if Allah did not want to answer that question, then there is no answer to that question. The example of that is in Surah Al-Isra, people came and asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa the nature of the soul, of the ruh. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answered. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَيَسْأَلُونَ كَعَنِ الرُّوحِ قُلْ أَرْرُوحُ مِنْ أَمِرْ رَبِّهِ They're asking you about the ruh. Tell them the ruh is the amr, is the order of Allah. So what did you understand? What did you understand? You asked about the ruh. What is the ruh? The ruh is the order of Allah. So what, what did you understand? Nothing. If Allah wanted to explain the ruh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have revealed another 50, 50 ayat explaining the ruh. Allah did not do that. Allah said, the ruh is the order of Allah. Khalas, that is enough for you to know. And Allah said, and we have not given you out of our ilm, out of the knowledge, except for a little. So, alhamdulillah, there is a great deal of benefit in knowing and there is an even more great benefit in not knowing. There are some things which is better not to know. There are not, it's, not, it's not nice to know everything. It's not nice to remember everything. There is a great mercy in forgetfulness. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did this. Alhamdulillah. Now, despite this, Rasulullah also mentioned these signs. And listen carefully. Nabi sallallahu mentioned the signs of Laylatul Qadr. Now he did not say on this night there will be a bolt of lightning. He did not say at the Maghrib, before the night, you are going to see a glow in the sky. He didn't say any of this. What did he say? What did he say as the signs of the of Laylatul Qadr? He said on the following morning, the morning after this night has passed already, you will see that the sun will shine with, without harsh rays. Right? Now what do we understand by this? What is the good of a sign which comes after the night has passed? So it is good because it came from Nabi Sallallahu So what is the good about this sign? The good about this sign is that this sign is good for those who spent that previous night without knowing in the worship of Allah. Otherwise, supposing this morning you wake up and you find that there is no, the sun has, uh, was shining without uh, harsh rays. But the previous night I was sleeping. So what good is that knowledge to me now? Because that night is already over. So why did Allah give us this sign? Because what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said was from what Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala told him. He gave us this sign because this is the rahmat of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala hid the actual night so that we can get the award and reward of worshipping on all the odd nights hoping for Laylatul Qadr. And it is not beyond the generosity of my Rabb Jalla Jalaluhu that he gives you the reward of 1000 months for all of those nights even the ones which were not Laylatul Qadr if he wishes. 
Who is going to stop the generosity of Allah? If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, okay, out of these nights, 23rd was the Laylatul Qadr, or 27th was the Laylatul Qadr, or 21st was the Laylatul Qadr, 29th Laylatul Qadr, but because you worship me in hope of my reward, and I said, Ana inda zanni abdibi. I am for my slave as he expects me to be. I am worshipping on the 21st night. It is not even Lairatul Qadr but I don't know. I say, Ya Allah, please make this Lairatul Qadr for me. I am worshipping sincerely. What is it that can prevent my Rabb Jalla Jalaluhu from giving me the reward of 1000 months of worship on every one of these nights if he wishes? And we ask Allah for this inshallah. Allah did not say don't make this dua. So I make this dua. Make every single night a Lairatul Qadr for me in all these, in all these odd nights. What is the worst that can happen? This dua is not accepted and it stays with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. On the day of judgment, Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell me, I did not do this, now tell me what do you want. Which is even better than getting thousand months. You get the point I'm making. Now, having said all this, looking at the signs of the following morning, which is the sun shining like this and some rain, and so on. And Abu Darda al had a dream where he saw Rasulullah uh, making, he said there was rain and the water leaked through the roof of the masjid and uh, there was, uh, there was the, 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 the soil of the masjid because it was, there was no flooring, uh, it was wet. And he said, I saw Rasulullah uh, making sujood and when he got up from the sujood, I saw uh, some uh, wet soil on his blessed forehead. He saw this dream and next morning, that is what he actually saw in practice. So this is one of the signs of Laylatul Qadr, that it rains and that, now obviously you are sitting in a building where it can't possibly leak. So, and, you know, so that's not the issue, but the point there is that that's one of the signs. And Abu Dharta al-Ansari saw this dream and uh, next morning it was true. So they say the dream that you see on Laylatul Qadr is true. Wallahala. Similarly, the uh, hadith of uh, Kaab bin Malik where he said Laylatul Qadr signs were for the 23rd night. The hadith of Abdullah ibn Abbas where he said the Laylatul Qadr signs were for the 27th night. So different people have said different things. But as far as the hukum on the deen is concerned, when there is an authentic hadith of Muhammad wasallam, and compared with that there are the aqwal of anybody else, which do you give tarji to? Which do you, which do you choose and which do you give precedence to? It's a no-brainer, right? If there is an authentic hadith of wasallam, and you have anyone else, including the sahaba, we don't deny what the Sahaba said. All we say, how do you understand this hadith? We understand the hadith is that the night that Abu uh, Abdullah ibn Abbas was referring to was perhaps, Wallah nobody can say that with certainty, but was perhaps Laylatul Qadr on that, in that year when he was talking about it. The, the, the 23rd night that Kabir Malik mentioned was Wallah possibly Laylatul Qadr on that particular year that Kabir Malik observed these signs. That is the best that you can say about it. But if somebody says Khatai based on this hadith or that hadith that Laylatul Qadr is on the 27th, he's making a definitive statement. Then he is speaking without knowledge. He is indulging what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa called Ummul Qabaith. Which is to speak about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without knowledge. So nobody can say that Laylatul Qadr was on a particular day. Now, if somebody comes after Nabi Sallallahu and says that Rasulullah Sallallahu was not given this knowledge, but I have been given this knowledge by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Laylatul Qadr is on the 27th, and therefore on 27th you must pray this two rakat of salah, and you must recite this surah and that surah, and an imam and that imam has to be somebody from my lineage who will lead that salah. And you must pray behind this imam. 
then Allah is my witness. I am saying this in this masjid. The person who made that claim is a kafir. The people praying behind him are kuffar. The person who made that statement is a murtad. He is out of Islam. He is a mushrik. And the people praying behind him are mushrikun. They need to make tawbah. And they need to re-enter Islam. Because he is making a claim. He is saying that the knowledge that Nabi did not have, Allah gave me. Which is what? Which is he is claiming nubuwat. He is claiming prophethood. A person who claims prophethood as far as the uh, sharia of, uh, of Islam is concerned, he is a murtad, he is out of Islam, he is not a prophet. There is no difference between that person and somebody like uh, uh, Mirza Ghulam Ahmad Qadiani or anybody else because the same law will apply to all such people until the day of judgment who claim to have prophethood. Whether they say I am a prophet or not, if they are claiming the things that are peculiar and specific to Nabi for themselves, then they are claiming prophethood. And as far as we are concerned, as far as the Al-Sunnah wal Jamaah are concerned, if they claim prophethood, then we have nothing to do with them. We reject them completely and totally and absolutely and because they are out of Islam. Please understand, this is not my opinion. I am not giving my opinion. I am not making a fatwa. I am explaining to you what is the aqidah of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. You want to get angry? Get angry with Muhammad Sallallahu Not with me. Because that's what he said. He said, follow those who follow me. Not those who claim to have some knowledge that the Prophet Sallallahu didn't have. I hope this matter is clear. Now, Second issue, which second question which was asked to me was that Khatam Quran, after you finish Quran, uh, we have all these little booklets which are, you know, they say read this and read this and read this and read the last uh, ayat of uh, Surah Al-Hashr and read the last ayat of Surah Al-Baqarah and in between do this dhikr and so on. And then we have this particular term called Bakhashna. Bakhashna, Bakhashna actually means forgive. So I don't know what they are forgiving and who they are forgiving. We said you, you bakhshofy this thing too. Your father and mother and this one and that. Now first of all, please understand, one of the sadaqatul jariya, one of the sawabul jariya, for a person, for a man or woman, are children who are righteous, are children who worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who live, who live good and clean lives, who make dhikr, who do tilawat al Quran and so on. So as far as your parents are concerned, your good deeds, the value of that, the, the reward of that, goes to your parents no matter what, in any case. Because they are responsible, they brought you up well and if you are worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that reward goes to them, there is no bakshofying involved. Then who, what is this bakshofying? You have to go and ask whoever said it because I don't know what it is. There is no such thing in Islam. People say, they tell these stories, eh, these completely nonsensical stories. They say that somebody was, somebody was sitting there and with the sheikh and there were a lot of people and one man came and he said to the sheikh, uh, my mother passed away and uh, I saw in my dream that she is getting adabul khabar. That she is getting punished in the grave. And then the, there was silence after that. And then the sheikh had this kash. He had this sudden uh, knowledge of what is happening in the cover of this man's mother. And he said, the azab of your mother has been stopped. I said, fantastic. Huh? It's fantastic. So, uh, then they said, how did it happen? So, one of the uh, people there, he said, I had made a vird, I had made a zikr of la ilaha illallah 100,000 times and I was keeping it. So, now when I heard this story, I boxified it, I gave it to that fellow's mother. So, his azab is stopped. There is a religion in which all of this is possible. Right? You are welcome to go join that. There is a religion in which all of this is possible. What is possible? What is possible is that you can do whatever evil you want and you can throw some money at God and he goes away. 
you can uh, do whatever you want and you can go to the pandit and the priest and the and the and the uh, sant or the saint and uh, ask forgiveness and he will say ayushman bhava and he will go away <laughs> that religion is called hinduism it's not islam that religion is called christianity it's not islam in islam whether you like it or not you stand on the basis of your actions there is nobody who can forgive you illa except allah subhanahu wa taala la yaghfiru dhunuba illa illa allah you stand on the basis of what you do or what you choose not to do period nobody can absolve you from it nobody can take away take that away from it and alhamdulillah if you make tauba there is nothing that allah will not forgive so if you do something wrong go make tauba to allah subhanahu wa taala don't imagine that you can earn haram and then you can build a masjid and your haram becomes halal does not become halal you will go into the fire the masjid will be there the masjid will be there but the masjid and the amal of the masjid will not benefit you because you build that masjid with your haram income masjid is halal to worship in that masjid is perfectly fine no problem but the one who build the masjid will not get any reward from this you earn haram and you give charity this madrasa that darul ulum this alim that so on so on so on none of that is acceptable before allah subhanahu wa taala because the income from which it was given is haram allah does not accept something which is impure but for that darul ulum to take it from you no problem because you are you are giving a gift to accept a gift is fine i don't have to ask you is this gift halal 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 haram is for you money is money rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to deal with the yahud he used to accept invitation from the yahud he went and ate in their houses they were all dealing with interest so this is dalil to say that a person's personal income and so on and so forth has no impact on you as a person in terms of your as a gift so if you if a person is earning uh, has a job in a bank he is earning uh, on interest he is he lend money is borrowed money so therefore his income is haram but he invites me to his house for have for a meal no problem go eat make sure the food actual food fee nafsi is halal that is not feeling feeding you some doubtful chicken or something but other than that that's fine for you see the see the see the adab of allah the same table same food same plate one is eating for him it is haram and you are eating for you it is halal because his income and the problem with his income comes to him not doesn't extend to you so this whole concept in the minds of muslims today that you can do whatever you want as long as you are feeding your shuyukh eh on the day of judgment you and that sheikh who made halal what allah had made haram and who made haram what allah had made halal you and that sheikh will stand together before allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day believe me and if you are stupid enough to believe that this is true that this is happening to you then may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you a brain transplant because i don't know what else can happen perfectly intelligent sensible people believe this nonsense so please stop clean your minds there is only one allah jalla jalaluhu tawhid la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah there is no one else ruju ila allah make tawba to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he will give you Now, as far as this boxing and stuff, stuff is concerned, none of that. You read Quran, Alhamdulillah, good for you. Complete the Quran, make dua to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. You make dua after reading Quran, Inshallah, Allah will accept your dua. Make dua for anybody else, Allah will accept your dua in their favor also. But don't think that I will read this Quran and now I will send it to Bangul Bai and I will read this Quran and I will send this to Mahfuz Bai and because Said Bai was not nice to me, I will read Quran but I will not send it to him. 
کیا تماشا بنا دین کو کیا کرے بیچارے سید بے کہتے کچھ بھی نہیں بول رہا میں آپ کب سے بخشتے بیٹھا آپ کو میرے کو نہیں بخش رہا ہو گئے دیکھا سیریسلی سیریسلی مائی بردر سسٹرس پلیز ڈونٹ اسٹاپ فولنگ یور سیلف ڈونٹ ڈو آل دس ڈانس دیر از نتھنگ الحمد للہ دس دین از کلین اینڈ دا بیسک اصول آف دا شریعہ از سم تھنگ وچ از فری فرام باؤنڈریز ان دا شریعہ ٹو میک باؤنڈریز فار اٹ ٹو میک خدود فار اٹ دس از حرام غیر محدود کو حد میں لانا جائز نہیں ہے اور حد کی چیز کو غیر محدود کرنا بھی جائز نہیں ہے سم تھنگ وچ ہیز خدود To remove the hudud is also not jayas. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ قِيَامًا وَقُودًا وَعَلَىٰ جُنُوبِهِمْ Allah said, make the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala standing, sitting, lying down. How much zikr? As much as you want. Do I need to have wudu? No. Do I need to have, do I need to be in a particular situation? Do I must, must I cover my head my, with, a, with a turban or what? No. Allah made it free. Do as much zikr of Allah as you want. Walking, sitting, standing, lying down, any situation, make dua, make zikr as much as you want. Now somebody comes and says, no, 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 doesn't work like that. Doesn't work like that. What you must do is on Wednesday night, after Maghrib, put off all the lights, put one green light. <laughs> and then everyone stand in a circle. And then you read this one three times. And then you read this one 27 times. Then you read the third one 23 times. Then by the time you remember all of these numbers, that's itself a problem. Huh? So now what did you do? You took something which is dhikr of Allah, which is ayin ibadah, and converted it into a bidah which is haram. This is from shaitan. Shaitan knows that he cannot come and tell you, why don't you go to the, to the bar? Why don't you go to a disco? You will not go. So what does shaitan do? Shaitan takes what you do, which is your ibadah, And converts it into a form which makes it haram. So you don't have to go to a bar. You are earning Jahannam sitting right there in the masjid. This is from shaitan. Pure shaitan. What Allah made without hudud, keep it without hudud. Enjoy yourself. Talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make as much zikr as you want. Don't put. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, make tawaf of the Kaaba. Right? But somebody will send you a little book. Umrah book, Hajj book. In the first tawaf, recite this, this, this dua. Second tawaf, and we see all our Indian and Pakistani and Bangladeshi brothers. He doesn't understand one word of what he is reciting, but he will keep on reciting, keep on reciting, keep on. He will do all the tajweed wrong, so even the meaning of it changes. Now we see this when the Sheikh makes dua, I bet you, except for my Arab brothers, they may not be out his whole congregation. I don't think there are 10 people who understand what the dua is. How many of you did, how many, let me ask you, how many of you realize that this morning, In the in tahajjud, he made the dua that Rasulullah made after Taif. Did you realize this? You ask him, he made the dua, yes or no? You don't even recognize what dua is being made. Allahumma laka alhamdulillah, ameen. What ameen? He's praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Seriously. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you're making tawaf what do you do? You recite tasbih you recite you, you recite you say la ilaha illallah you recite ayatul kursi you recite you recite suratul ikhlas you make your own dua whichever language you want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not say specifically has to be that you know so don't fall into all these traps all these formulas and this and that except where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam specified a particular thing for example Laylatul Qadr 
We have the uh, hadith of Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu anha, where she asked and see the words. What did she say? Did she say what should I read on 27th? No. She said if I were to find Laylatul Qadr. If I were to find Laylatul Qadr. What do I must I, what do I, must I make? And what did he say? He said if you find Laylatul Qadr. Then he said make dua. What is dua? Allahumma inna ka'fuun tuhibbul afu fa'fu anni. So we know this particular dua. Make a lot of that dua. Alhamdulillah. Similarly, as far as tasbihat is concerned, Rasulullah the tasbih Fatimi, which we know, Subhanallah 33, Alhamdulillah 33, Allah Akbar 34, and then, La ilaha illallah. So, this is a formula, but this is a formula given by Nabi Sallallahu All the masnoor askar after first salawat, and there is a whole chart there, here as well as in the ladies section, read those. This is the askar, Rasulullah did not get up after the fard salah. Until he finished all those askar. We say people that minute they finish the first salah, Allah Akbar stand in surah. Where are you going? Why are you running? For what? Sit peacefully, do all those askar. Nabi Sallallahu mentioned specifically, this is to be done so many times, three times, so on and so on. All of those formula, Alhamdulillah. It is our akidah, we accept it. This is from the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Alhamdulillah. And each one of them has its benefits. I don't want to extend this uh, talk. We have, they have benefits are there. Inshallah, we'll talk about that. I think I mentioned them in some, some of the Fajr reminders also. So, other than that, if somebody comes to you with a formula, this is how the priestly class started and the priestly class destroyed every religion. The pundits came. The man comes and says, what shall I do? He said, no, no, don't do anything. I will do it for you. Next time you come, bring some jalebi. Huh? You ask them, you ask them, how do you exist? Ask them, how do you exist? Never go to a sheikh who does not have an independent source of income. All of these murshads are living on your scraps. The Ambiya used to do their own work. They used to earn a living. Allah mentioned specifically, Dawud did this, Musa did this, Rasulullah did this. But today we have got into this priestly class. The priests don't work. The priests are doing ibadah. No problem. You do ibadah. And like Maryam alayhi salam. Ya Maryam anna laki hadha. If, if that is your state of ibadah where the food is coming to you from Jannah. Alhamdulillah. No problem. But he's doing ibadah. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana. Then he turns to the, to the to this murid. Eh? Some hasana please put here. Inna lillahi wa inna lillahi Anytime you go to a sheikh, first of all ask him, what is your source of income? If he does not have an independent source of income, don't go to him. There is no khair can come from someone who is selling Islam. Who is, who is making money out of selling Islam. No khair can come. Allah, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said this about the, about the Yahud, about the Bani Israel. That they sell the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cheaply. Don't go to them. Anyone who does not have an independent source of income, don't go to them. Whatever comes from them cannot have khair because they are earning money from you, not from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what has happened. So now you have all these formulas and people coming and saying, if he, if he tells you the truth, which is, you don't need me, I am not necessary, go talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala directly, then his importance is gone. So he tells you, no, 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 you cannot, you, have to, you need me. You can't reach Allah, you have to reach through me. पानी पीने को तालाब को जाते क्या नल के बगल कैसा पहुंचते इन नल है कहते टूटी इन्ना लिल्लाही व इन्ना इलैहि राजिऊन प्लीज 
Correct your aqaid because without the correct aqidah, without tawheed, amal is not accepted. My brothers and sisters, please understand, you can stand and cry till you die. Nothing will happen because your aqidah is wrong. Do not have shirk in your aqidah. Not even the smell of shirk. No bidat. Pure tawheed. Islam is a religion of purity of Islam, which is tawheed of, Rasul, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jalla jalla. Don't mix anything in it. Allah is pure. And Allah does not accept something which is not pure. Whether it is an amal, whether it is an amal, whether it is charity, whatever it is, has to be pure. Precondition of acceptance. You ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept your, your uh, salawat and your tilawat al-Quran and your ibadat and your sadaqat and khairat. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept your, your being in the masjid, in atikaf. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you the reward of Laylatul Qadr, insha'Allah, and to accept all your du'as. Wa sallallahu ala nabi al-kareem wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Bi rahmatika ya rahmatullahi wa 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 rahmatullahi